All right, well, hey, I'm excited for today. As I said, it's, it's our annual Kingdom Builder Sunday where we launch our 2024 projects, and I'm so ecstatic to share those with you. We have been praying and fasting and seeking the Lord over this for the last few months, and it just feels like our laborers are gonna kind of pay off today as we get to finally present to you what we're gonna do in 2024 for Kingdom Builders, but we're also gonna do this in tandem with our We Can't Stay Here series, so I'm excited to continue that. And this series has has really been our way of putting a stake in the ground to say that we're not going to stay where we've been spiritually, but we're going to press into everything that Jesus has for us in 2024. We've talked about a lot of different things, but today what we're gonna do is zero in on kingdom builders and talk about how the Lord doesn't want us to stay where we've been with our kingdom builders, but he wants us to press into the next thing he has for us with that. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter one. We've been in Deuteronomy one every week of the series so far. Next week we'll be in Joshua. And, that, and that'll be the last week of the series. But, but for today, we're gonna continue in Deuteronomy. And if you remember, Deuteronomy is a sermon preached by Moses to all of Israel shortly before his death as they're standing on the border of the promised land. And, and, and there was so much that just led up to this moment of standing on the border of the promised land. They'd actually tried to take it once before. They tried to step into the promised land once before, 40 years before, and they failed. And now they're back there and Moses is preaching this sermon to, uh, or to try to ensure that they don't make the same mistake twice. Right? He wants to make sure that they actually get the land this time. And in today's text, what we're gonna see is Moses is going to recall the first time that they failed to take the promised land. And as we look into 2024, I feel like in a lot of ways we can relate with Israel. I believe we're standing on the border of God's promises, both for our church, but also for your life. And I wanna look at this at this recollection of their first failed attempt to kind of uh, draw some principles for how we can avoid failing in our attempt to take the promised land and how we can be successful in seeing all that God wants for us come to pass in 2024. So let's go ahead and look at verse 19. Deuteronomy 1 verse 19 says this. It's another long passage with some weird names, so don't judge me. It says this, then we set out from Horeb and went through all that great and terrifying wilderness that you saw on the way to the hill country of the Amorites as the Lord our God commanded us and we came to Kadesh Barnea and I said to you you have come to the hill country of the Amorites or which the Lord our God is giving us see the Lord your God has set the land before you go up and take possession as the Lord the God of your fathers has told you do not fear or be dismayed then all of you came or came near me and said let us send men before us that they may explore the land for us and bring us word again of the way by which we must go up and the cities into which we shall come. So they wanna send some spies or scouts into the land to make sure that they can pull this thing off, right? They're trying to kind of measure it up. It says in verse 23, or the thing seemed good to me and I took 12 men from you, one man from each tribe. And they turned and went up into the hill country and came to the valley of Eshcol and spied it out. And they took in their hands some of the fruit of the land and brought it down to us and brought us word again and said, it is a good land that the Lord our God is giving us and yet you would not go up, but you rebelled against the command of the Lord your God and you murmured in your tents and said, because the Lord hated us, he brought us out of the land of Egypt to give us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. And where are we going up? Our brothers have made our hearts melt saying the people are greater and taller than we are. The cities are great and fortified up to heaven. And besides, we have seen the sons of Anakim there, so these were giants, 
I forgot to take that out of the slide there. That's my own parenthesis, letting you know those are giants. Anyways, then I said, you do not be in dread or afraid of them. The Lord your God who goes before you will himself fight for you just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes and in the wilderness where you have seen how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son all the way that you went until you came to this place. And yet, in spite of this word, you did not believe the Lord your God. I pray that that would never be said of us. You did not believe the Lord your God who went before you in the way to seek you out a place to pitch your tents in fire by night and in the cloud by day to show you by way what you or by what way you should go. All right, the sermon title this morning is Take the Land. Take the land. Let's go ahead and pray over it. Lord, we thank you so much for this long passage that I got to read in front of my family and friends. And God, we just pray that you would speak through it today and that this would be a powerful demonstration of your spirit. God, we pray that this would not be lofty words of wisdom, but this would be your voice speaking today. So we thank you, Lord, for that, and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So last year on Kingdom Builder Sunday, I shared a text message that, or that one of our missionary partners had shared with me uh, the week before that, and this missionary, she works to rescue uh, girls from sex trafficking in Southern Asia, and this is what she said. Okay, so I'm just gonna put it up on the screen. Uh, she said, asking for prayer for us as we try to cast out demonic spirits out of the safe house today, our girl Hope said she likes these spirits that give her power and beauty and special gifts, and we have been having a lot of problems with her, which is to be expected, but we are also dealing with several spirits. I will send you a video of what it looks like, or what looks like a spirit by the window. Anyway, if you see this and would pray for us, I would appreciate it. Okay, so I got that text uh, the week before, and then several hours later, she, she texted me again, thanking me for the prayers, and reported that they did indeed cast the demon out, but, but the person who casted the demon out told her, he said, hey, it seems like the demon wants to come back. So there's a little bit of, of concern that the demon would come back, and I shared that with you guys, and, and we praised God for what happened, but we also prayed for her, and I found out later that the demon did, and some of you right now are like, what is going on to that church? Just, just keep going. So anyways, the demon did, in fact, come back at, at several times throughout the year, so they're kind of like wrestling with this situation throughout the year. They're, they're trying to work with her. And because the girl said that uh, the demon uh, was her friend and the demon promised her you know, good things and protected her. So she kept inviting the demon back. And, and oftentimes when they would play worship music and she was there, the demon would manifest itself. So they're just kind of dealing with this demon all year long. And meanwhile, Jesus started to appear to her in dreams and invite her to be baptized in water. He, he began to invite her to do that. And she would also have these visions of the, of the demonic uh, being growing larger and larger each time she invited it back. Finally, in November, so at this point, it's been like a year-long struggle. Uh, they were praying for her again. And, and this time, she finally fully committed to following Jesus. And she said, I, I truly want to be free of the demon. And they prayed with her and she was delivered, and then she got baptized. Let's show a picture of her getting baptized here. So baptism is a big deal. It's a huge deal. We're gonna have Baptism Sunday in February. It's a huge deal. It's our way of telling the world, of telling the devil, of telling the powers that, hey, we are with Christ. I am all in. And something happens in the spiritual realm when you get baptized in water. There's something significant that shifts. And this is what we've seen in Hope's case. Uh, this is what our partner said about Hope. Today, Hope is a new person who has been totally transformed by Jesus Christ. And the social service group that sent her to us are amazed by the change in Hope. And Jesus Christ is the only one who can change and truly set people free. The children we work with are the unseen uh, the 
abused, neglected in our use for their bodies. And Jesus Christ sees these children and has great plans for them. And we are so thankful for the opportunities that the Lord has given us to be his hands and feet. Okay, so here's the thing. There was a spiritual war for Hope's soul and Jesus was victorious, right? He was the, the, uh, the victor in this situation. Praise God for our missionary partner who, who left the comfort of Iowa and went there to go and help, and help rescue Hope from the clutches of darkness. And God's earnest desire is that what happened in Hope's life would happen in every single human heart across the globe. He wants to see every man, woman, and child rescued from the clutches of darkness and brought into the kingdom of light. But this is no small task. Currently, at least 70% of the world does not know Jesus. 70% of the world, if they died today, they would go to hell and be separated from God forever. And 41.9% of people groups are still unreached. Okay, so to be an unreached people group, that means that you have less than 2% in your population that are Bible-believing followers of Jesus. So what does this mean? This means that uh, 3.4 billion people across the globe, uh, or they live within populations where they are unlikely to meet a committed follower of Jesus. They are unlikely to ever hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And one such people group is the Bengali Muslims from from Bangladesh, and there are 134,244,000 of them, and zero, zero percent of them are Christians. Zero percent, 134,244,000 people in that population, zero percent are Christians. Another group is the Japanese people, there are 117,840,000 of them, and only 0.3% of them are Bible-believing Christians. In Turkey, where we have several partners living, there are, are 61,482,000 Turks with only 0.02% Christian. You know, some of our partners are slowly changing these statistics, though. It's amazing. We're actually going to have one of them who's trying to go over there. They haven't been there yet. They're going to go in a, in a few months. They're going to share with us on February 4th, so I'm excited to hear from them. They're going to Turkey. Come on, somebody. So here's the thing. We have, have so much work to do to get the gospel to every tribe, tongue, and nation. We have a big task. In our part of the world, too, you know, here, much more people identify as Christians, but we fail to actually follow Jesus and are dramatically losing ground in the West or in America. So in, in 2000, 45% of Americans practiced Christianity. So that means they weren't just Christians in name, they actually lived it out. In 2020, that, or that number dropped all the way down to 25% in 20 years. And we're losing ground with the next generation. Only 17% of US young adults say they are committed to Jesus. What you are seeing this morning with all of these young people in this church is not normal. Right, 17%, only 17% of young adults are not committed to Jesus, or, or they are committed to Jesus. Right, we are passionate about reaching young adults here at Center Church. We are excited to have young adults here in the house this morning. Here's the thing, when you look at these statistics, there's no denying that so much of the world is in darkness today. So much of it is in darkness. Uh, or just as Israel's enemy occupied the promised land, our enemy, known as the devil or Satan, he occupies so much of God's land. That's the thing. The enemy occupies much of God's land. God's desire is that he would be the master of every human heart in every geographical location, and yet his enemy, the devil, is the master or the ruler, the Bible says that, the ruler of this world, in many places. This is the reality, but the question is, what are we supposed to do about it? I think we can learn a lot from Israel's story Okay, so when they got to the promised land the first time, it was occupied by a powerful people known as the Amorites. 
Israel was not called to sit passively by and let an enemy nation occupy God's land. This is what God says, this is what Moses said in verse 21. See, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go and take possession of it as the Lord, the God of our fathers has told you. Do not fear, do not be dismayed, don't be scared. Right? They were called to go and take the land. Darkness could not stay in God's land. That's the same call for us today. The entire world, not just the promised land, the entire world is God's land. And yet the enemy is ruling in much of it. Our calling is to take it back. God wants us to take his land back. Here's the thing, when we see the enemy in God's territory, we're called to do something about it. We're not called to to separate or be like, hey, we're just gonna hide out in our own bubble here. No, we're called to do something. We cannot simply sit by as the enemy rules and people are going to hell. We have to take God's land back. And this is what Jesus came to do. When he began his ministry, here's what he said in in Mark 1.15. He says, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of light is at hand. That there in the Greek means it's, it's rushing in, it's coming near. As Jesus began his ministry, he announced that he was bringing God's kingdom and he was kicking down the enemy's kingdom. Later in Mark, in, in chapter three, he talks about how he's gonna bind the devil and plunder his house. I like that image. You know, binding him and plundering his house. He was kicking Satan out of his land. The whole world is God's. And the devil has no right to be there. Jesus' mission is to kick him out. If you are Jesus' disciple, you are called to join him in this endeavor. You are a devil kicker outer in Jesus' name. We gotta go into the place where the enemy rules and push him out by building God's kingdom. In the back half of verse 15, Jesus shows us how to do this. He says, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. If we wanna push him out and establish the kingdom in new places, we have to see people repent, which means to turn from their old ways and believe in the gospel. The gospel is what Jesus did in his life, death and resurrection. We have to see people believe in that gospel and we have to see people surrender to the Lord Jesus. As people repent and believe in his gospel, the kingdom is built brick by brick. This is our mission, this is our calling, this is how we take God's land back. We take God's land back by building God's kingdom one heart at a time. If we wanna take God's land back, we gotta do whatever it takes to see people repent and believe in Jesus, whether that be through prayer, through passionate prayer, praying for those we know who don't know Jesus, praying for the nations, praying for our partners, or through going ourselves in our own community or around the world, or through giving financially to those who are willing to go, Uh, The call is we have to boldly leverage what God has given us to see more people come to know Jesus. Okay, so despite the simplicity of this mission, right, you go, you see people come to know Jesus, simple enough. It's not easy. It's a hard task. You know, when Israel scouted out the land that God called them to take, they were filled with fear. It says this, it says, where are we going up? Our brothers have made our hearts melt, saying the people are greater and taller than we, the cities are great and fortified up to heaven. And besides, we have seen the sons of the Anakim there. God's land was filled with giants and fortified walls. They felt like grasshoppers compared to the people there. It says this in Numbers 13, the same story, different version. It says, then the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we are. And we seem to ourselves like grasshoppers and so we seem to them. Okay, when we, and when they considered their task, uh, the Israelites were terrified. And when we, 
or when we consider our task to introduce people to Jesus and teach them how to follow him and to support people financially who are going to them, it can be easy to be afraid too. We feel, or we fear failure, we fear rejection, we fear that people won't accept the message. What happens if they don't accept the message? We, we fear having to give up too much to actually carry out the mission of God. We fear, or when it comes to generosity, we fear if we give, we won't have enough for ourselves, right? That's a huge fear. How do we overcome fear? Well, let's look at what Moses said to Israel. He said, then I said to you, do not be in dread or afraid of them. The Lord your God who goes before you will himself fight for you just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes and in the wilderness where you have seen how the Lord your God carried you as a man carried his son all the way that you went until you came to this place. So Moses believed that Israel could be free from fear if they knew that God himself was fighting for them. The same God who freed them from Egypt, the same God who walked with them in the wilderness, he was fighting for them. He would be the one to ultimately give them the land. It says this in verse 20, and I said to you that you have come to the hill country of the Amorites, which the Lord our God is giving us. So notice, he says that God was the one who was giving them the land. He was the provider. He's the defender. He's the warrior I think sometimes we think we're the one giving the land to God. No, no, God was giving them the land. He was the one doing it. In the same way, we aren't called to go and build God's kingdom on our own strength. And we aren't called to change hearts. You can't change a heart. You're not that powerful. And we aren't called to finance the mission of God on our own. He is the one building the kingdom. He is the one who actively fights for hearts 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He fights for hearts when we're sleeping He's pursuing hearts, even when we're resting. In the same way, he's the one who provides the funds so that we can give to missions. Uh, The building of God's kingdom is ultimately not on us, but it's on him. He is the kingdom builder. Because of this, we can build God's kingdom joyfully with great confidence because it's not on us, it's on him. We just get to play a role. Okay, we can build God's kingdom with confidence because God is the kingdom builder. Each of us are called to partner with him, but he is ultimately the one who builds the kingdom. This is what Paul said of his church planting efforts in 1 Corinthians 3. He said, I planted Apollo's water, but God gave the growth. God gives the growth. He builds the kingdom. Even with that in mind, we do have a role to play. We're called to partner with him in his kingdom efforts, and if we don't, I believe it'll be the greatest thing that you regret when you pass on from this life. Like you're not gonna regret, oh, I wish I would've just kinda took care of myself more, just rested or whatever, we should rest and all that, but, but just been selfish. Like that's not what you're gonna think. You're gonna think, wow, I wish I would've done more to give my life to something that actually matters. Here's the thing, we are called to partner with God. We are called to take possession of the land by making disciples of all nations. That's what we're called to do. So the question I wanna kind of kind of drill down on is how can we partner with God in building his kingdom? I'm gonna give you three simple things. I've already mentioned them, but I wanna drill down on them. And these things are on your engagement card that you should have gotten when you came in this morning. If you didn't get one, then there should be some on the welcome center. Ushers, make sure we put those on the welcome center. If you didn't get one, actually, of ushers, are you guys, can you just raise your hand if you don't have an engagement card? Okay, I think everyone, okay, we got one here. With Pat, anybody else not get one? Okay, so I think most people have an engagement card. So these things are on your card, 
So the first thing is we need to pray. Prayer. Prayer is the engine of our church. It's the engine of the mission of God. It's the most important thing we can do. And we need to pray specifically. We looked at this last week. We need to pray for God to raise up more laborers for his kingdom. And we need to pray that God would open the eyes of unbelievers as laborers go and share with them. We have to, to partner with the Holy Spirit and pray. We have to ask the Holy Spirit to convict hearts and, and to stir people to repent and believe because we can't do that on our own strength. You can't change your heart again. So we have to pray that God would do that. It's a spiritual war just as we saw with hope. I'm grateful for partners who did not give up on hope. I would have been tempted, right? The 10th time she'd buy the demon back, we're like, all right. But they kept fighting for her in prayer and God won the battle. Also, there are people here in the States that were praying for them. And we need to do that. We need to pray for the missionaries and the organizations that we partner with because it is a turf war for the kingdom, right? When our missionaries go to the front lines, they are engaging in a spiritual turf war and we need to pray that they can take ground for the kingdom. We need to pray. The battle is won in the spiritual realm. And we also need to pray for ourselves. We need to pray that we're able to stay strong as we build God's kingdom. Because here's the thing. If you're a true kingdom builder, you're gonna get attacked by the enemy. Don't think it's something interesting or something that shouldn't happen that the enemy's attacking you. No, if you're in God's will, if you're pushing back the gates of hell, you are going to get attacked. If you're not getting attacked, there might be something wrong, right? The devil might not view you as much of a threat if he's not attacking you. If you're getting everything you want in life, everything's going the way you want it to. You're gonna be attacked and you need to pray for yourself and build yourself up in the Holy Spirit. If we want to be kingdom builders, we got to pray. But that's not all. We also have to go. Okay, we have to go. And this starts in our own backyard. We need to look for opportunities throughout our days to share Jesus and his gospel with people. If you pray for those opportunities, he's going to give them to you because Jesus loves people more than you do. He wants to see your friends come to know Jesus more than you do. If you actually pray and desire to share the gospel, he will give you opportunities. It doesn't stop there, though. I encourage you to go on a mission trip this year. We're going to take three mission trips. So we already talked about Denver. I'm excited for that. We had an informational meeting last week. If you're still interested, I think there's still time to jump in. Um, also, we're doing a construction trip in Alaska over the summer. We're gonna, actually, our Holy Spirit Conference speaker is the one who's in Alaska and the person we're partnering with. So he's gonna be here for Holy Spirit Conference on Friday and Saturday. And then on Sunday, he's gonna share about his missions work there. So I'm excited for that. It's gonna be a great Sunday. And we're also planning to go to Trinidad, which I've been to Trinidad a couple times. And Trinidad's an amazing country to do missions work in because they speak English. It's a very pluralistic society, lots of religions. And what we do is we go door to door and share the gospel with people. It's a great like, first step to international missions. So as we plan that trip, that's the plan at least to go there. As we plan that trip, I encourage you to pray about going. The plan is to go sometime in the summer. And Pastor Noah is heading all of that up. So if you have a question about a mission trip, don't ask me. Ask him, okay? Because I'll just say, ask Noah, okay? So, so Noah is planning all of that. He's doing a great job with that. I'm so thankful for Pastor Noah. He's also teaching Activate right now in both services. Pastor Noah is amazing. If you get a chance, give that guy a hug, okay? I love him. Anyways, that's just a random tidbit there. So finally, we gotta give. Back to Kingdom Builders. We gotta give, right? So, so you see that the second part here on the card. Okay, there is a, a mandate. There is a responsibility on Christians like us who have the resources we do. And if you live in America, you likely have some resources that are more than the rest of the world. Right? There is a calling on us. There's a mandate on us to partner with people, so missionaries, church planters, organizations, who are willing to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. So Paul said this in Romans 10. He said, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? 
And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? If there's no preacher, how are they supposed to hear? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. If we want people to hear, we need preachers to go to them. If we want preachers to go to them, we have to send them. And to send them, we have to fund them. And this is one of our, I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced of this. This is one of our primary callings here at St. Church. It's a mandate on my life that God has given me as a personal calling to try to raise as much money as possible for missions. So if you don't like missions, just go somewhere else. I'm just gonna be honest with you. If, if you don't like pushing the kingdom forward, if you don't like giving above and beyond to see the kingdom of God go forward, just go somewhere else because that's who we are at St. Church. Or we are gonna just, just leverage everything we have to see the gospel go forward. It's a calling on our lives. As we grow as a church, as God gives us more resource and influence, we are going to make a massive dent in the kingdom of darkness and for the kingdom of God around the world. It's a huge calling. I want God to be able to look at us and say, I can trust that church with more resources because they're not gonna just sit on it, right? They're not just gonna use it for themselves, for more fancy things or whatever, but they're gonna use it to see the gospel go forward around the world. It's a calling. It's a mandate. We gotta send them. Okay, so to that end, in 2022, we launched Kingdom Builders. And just so you know, I do want you to come here even if you don't wanna give. But uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I'm never gonna compromise on it. I won't, okay, because it's just a mandate. The Holy Spirit's put his, his fingerprint on me with that. So if you get annoyed with Kingdom Builders, I'm sorry, just plug your ears during that part. I hope you still stay. Anyways, Kingdom Builders, 2022, we launched Kingdom Builders. <laughs> so what is Kingdom Builders? Especially for those who are new to our church, I wanna share this with you. So Kingdom Builders are people who prayerfully commit to give financially over and above their tithes. We believe you know, very strongly that tithe is first, right? The first 10%, that's first. But then above and beyond that to global missions, local church expansion, and future Christian leaders. And we are people who, who use what we have to vigorously build the kingdom of God. Okay, so we've been doing this for two years. In 2022, we raised $66,000. In 2023, we raised $119,000. In 2024, you grab your booklet here, you can kind of follow along. We want to give, on top of our regular tithes and offerings, we want to give $275,000 to Kingdom Builders. <laughs> so uh, anyways, you should have had a book on your chair. Just watch God do it again. Come on, he's the same God. Okay, so, okay, so you may be wondering, what do we mean by global missions, local church expansion, and future Christian leaders? So go to the page that says Kingdom Builders is. That's like the third page, I think. Okay, so global missions. Let me, yeah, so I'm gonna explain each of these briefly. Usually I try to get more into the weeds on each of these, but, but there's a big building project this year and I wanna focus on that because we only have so much time today. So I'm gonna briefly explain the first couple of things and then zero in on the building project. So global missions. So this year we wanna give $88,000 to global missions. So Global Missions is the heartbeat of Kingdom Builders. It's at the very center of what Kingdom Builders is about. Through this fund, we support key missions projects such as sending global missionaries. That's a big part of it. Okay, I think we're giving $21,000 this year to global missionaries. That, I think that's somewhere around, I don't know how much it is off the top of my head. Anyways, just go. I was gonna try to do it monthly. I'm not gonna do that in my head right now. Anyway, so, so we're gonna send it to, uh, to global missionaries. We're gonna feed the hungry through this. We provide vehicles to missionaries. We build Bible schools and plant churches in unreached places. We fight human sex trafficking through this fund. And we prioritize the unreached people groups of the world. That's our priority. If someone is going to a place where there's, there's little 
Christian witness, we're gonna get behind them and we're gonna support them at a higher amount than those who are going to places that are already reached. And, and this year, we're partnering with 22 global missionaries on a monthly basis. And honestly, we don't do small amounts, right? We do big amounts because we really wanna make a dent in their fund and, and, we, and we wanna be generous. So 22 missionaries that, that uh, our church is, is really coming behind and really supporting. And, and we're gonna have speakers join us this year from Convoy of Hope, and, and from Venture again and, and Priority One and also the Alaska, Hub, or the Alaska Hub One initiative as I talked about. Okay, so local church expansion, this is humongous this year compared to normal years. And, and through this fund, we fund the growth of the church locally through expanding our own campus, through planting life-giving, spirit-filled churches domestically and through ministering to the hurting in our own backyard. And then the third thing is future Christian leaders. And through this fund, so we're doing 25,000 here and for local church expansion, it's 162,000. For future Christian leaders, it's, it's uh, 25,000. And through this fund, we invest in the development of future Christian leaders here at Sent Church and also around the nation. And we want to see the, uh, the next generation love Jesus and become disciple makers in God's kingdom. Okay, so here's the cool thing. When you give to kingdom builders, you help fund all these things. Right? You don't give you know, typically to specific projects. Instead, you just give to kingdom builders and trust that God will bring all the money in for the for the whole goal for the year, and then we'll fund everything, right? If we don't you know, get the whole goal, then something has to go, and we have to make those decisions. So again, this year, our goal is $275,000, and this is a huge stretch from the 100000 last year, but I believe that God will do it. In a typical year, global missions would take up a vast majority of kingdom builders. Like We want most of it to go to global missions. However, this year, the Lord dropped a huge opportunity for kingdom impact here in the Cedar Valley that will make a difference here and I believe around the world for, uh, for years and decades to come with our new building. And, and we feel for this season, we need to direct our attention to this building and, and specifically it's the Hudson Road building. Okay, so let's show a picture of this. I took this last night. I'm a great photographer, did some editing on my own. So <laughs> you see my car there. It's there a lot lately. I'm driving back and forth between the buildings just all week. That's what I do now for my job. Anyways, I'm so thankful for the Hudson Road building and the kingdom mindset of the people of Grace Community who said, hey, hey, we wanna merge together and be better together and give the devil a bad day together. I'm so grateful for you, Grace Community family. Okay, so with that being said, for the building to be used for maximum kingdom impact, we have some work to do with some renovations before we move in. And the renovations are very modest in scope. They are very modest, but there are still some... Uh, some significant costs for us involved with it. So let me just kind of show you a brief rundown of, of what we're trying to do, okay? So, so we're painting, we're doing flooring, and all the places where the, the flooring hasn't been updated in the last decade or so, we're doing flooring. Uh, we're doing a new stage. It was just too big for that room for how many people we have. Uh, we're doing some demo and drywall in some places. The, the HVAC needs to be updated. Uh, so this week, this is what I got to do this week. Uh, between the two buildings, four furnaces broke. That's my week. Anyways, welcome to lead pastoring. Thank you. HVAC updates. So, so, so bathroom updates, uh, ceiling repair and updates, acoustical panels for the auditorium, which are a lot more expensive than you might think they are, installation of our sound and lighting system. We're gonna, just going to take this over there, but it still costs some money to get someone to help us do that. The signage on the front of the building and then the, the sign in the yard, uh, some furniture. So the total project will be $250,000. And the funding through Kingdom Builders, as I didn't want to do that much in Kingdom Builders, we're going to do $150,000 through Kingdom Builders. Okay, so Crosspoint Church, they offered to paint the building for free. Come on, somebody. They are Kingdom Builders, right? And let's, yeah, let's praise God for that again. So, so they're already over there doing that. 
And we also commissioned our construction company to start with a few things this week, so they're getting started. So let me show you a few pictures of what's happened so far. I'm not gonna show you a ton, but just a few things. So first, I wanna show the, the picture of the lobby before we started construction. Okay, so that room there is not really used for anything, and we need space in the lobby. So, so this is what we've done so far. Go ahead and show the next picture. Okay, so we're taking that room out. We're building a coffee bar over there. We're, we're kind of, we took that trim piece off. Uh, we're going to fix the ceiling. So you kind of see, this is progress just this week. The construction guy started on Wednesday morning, and this is how it was by Wednesday night. So they're just getting going. And then, this, and then the sanctuary, let's go to the sanctuary. So that's where it was before again. So, so the back wall there, there's actually space behind there. And, and we need as much space as we can get. The stage comes out too far, it's too tall. So we needed to make some updates. So uh, this week, uh, let's... Go ahead and show it. So we've changed the lighting out to modernize it. We took out the back wall. The whole stage is gone. That's a lot of lumber, by the way. And it's gonna be rebuilt this week, okay? So these are just some things that have started with what we've been able to raise so far. I also, are not raised, but, but with what we've had so far. I wanna show you also how Crosspoint is painting the building. So, so just a little glimpse. It was wood before, painting it that nice dark gray and then painting every wall. So just, just modernizing the building, making it even more welcoming for new people and just making it a great place to have church. So, um, okay, so while we've been able to get started, we need to raise money to finish the project. And we're gonna take January through March to really focus on this. So for Kingdom Builders, we're just gonna focus on this, get this done, and then we'll do the rest in the back part of the year. And, and I believe we're gonna raise the $275,000 by the end of December. And, and we believe that God has called us to, uh, to make some bold moves of generosity uh, so that the building is ready for maximum kingdom impact. And here's the thing, while the building is not the church, it's not the church, so don't come up to me, but the building's not the church. I know it's not the church, okay, I get, I get that. But it's a tool for the church to use, right? It's probably one of the best tools we have for kingdom, or for kingdom impact, and we will use it as a place to introduce people to Jesus. I'm gonna boldly say that hundreds, if not thousands of people will give their lives to Christ in that, in that building. And, and we're gonna use it to reach the next generation. It's so close to you and I, come on somebody. And, and we're gonna use it as a place to disciple people in the way of Jesus and a place to equip kingdom laborers to reach our community and the world. Okay, for instance, this fall, Chi Alpha will have six interns. Okay, six interns that are training to be in ministry and four of them want to be global missionaries and they wanna go to really hard places. Okay, so four of them will be in that fellowship hall Monday through Friday being trained to be global missionaries. All right, this this building, I view it as a, as a hub. It's a training hub to, to raise up kingdom laborers to make an impact here and around the world. And if it's going to be a, a tool for kingdom impact, we have to steward it well. Okay, okay, so we know this is a big leap of faith to ask people to give $150,000 in the first three months when we raised $119,000 in the whole year last year. And we know it's a big leap of faith to give $275,000 total to kingdom builders, but I'm not gonna take off or take my foot off the gas with global missions because we have a building project. That's why it's still gonna be so high because I'm not gonna take money from global missions to put towards local church expansion. Instead, we still raise global missions up and we raise local church expansion up. Okay, so just as God called Israel to be bold and to take the land, he has called each of us to not be afraid of this giant in front of us, but to boldly take the land. I'm kind of licking my chops here because I'm excited to see God come through. I'm just being honest. Like, like this morning, I have so much joy in my heart because I've seen him do it over and over again when it comes to generosity and finances. And he's about to do it again. And we get to be a part of it. Emily and I have already decided that, that for this project, we're gonna give the, uh, the biggest gift we've ever given to something, actually double the biggest gift that uh, we've ever given to something. And our staff and board is also stepping up in a big way. I asked them to commit to me ahead of time what they're gonna give so that I could bring it to you 
And our staff and board, so just staff and board, just a few people, have committed to $25,000 towards this project already, right? So we're leading the way. Let's praise God for our staff and board, all right, 25,000. Okay, so this is a huge stretch for them too. We have a young staff and a young board, relatively speaking, and it's a huge stretch for everybody. Everybody's stretching, but, but each of us believe in this, right? We believe in this so much, we don't wanna leave anything on the table. I don't wanna miss out on this opportunity. And we are all taking a generosity risk, right? We are betting the farm, so to speak. We believe in this so much that, that again, we don't wanna leave anything on the table. And, and we're doing it because our heart burns for the 61,000 people in the Cedar Valley who don't have a church. Our heart burns for them. We don't want anyone to be turned away because there's no parking, right? We don't want anyone to be turned away because the building can't contain it. And, and we're believing that uh, this building will be a place where, where many people encounter the Lord. We're doing it because we want a place where we can disciple people and see people be taught on how to follow Jesus. We're also doing it because our heart burns for the 3.4 billion people who live in unreached populations. And we want this building to be a place where, where God calls people to the nations, it's gonna be a place where, where God gets a hold of hearts and says, you're called to, to go to the nations. We want it to be a place where the nations are prayed for, right? During the prayer room, we are praying for the nations and, and we want it to be a place where, where many dollars are raised up to, are raised to be sent out to fuel the mission of God around the world. Ideally, again, we want to be in this building by Easter, which is March 31st, but for that to happen, we gotta raise $150,000 fast because before we can commission our construction guys, we have to have the money, right? So let's get to raising it. Come on, somebody. And, and this may seem impossible, but I believe it's just one more opportunity for God to show up and show off and prove himself to us and prove to us that he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Come on, somebody. He's gonna do it again. He's gonna do it. He's gonna prove himself to us again. All right, so just as he helped us launch this church in the middle of a global pandemic, maybe you've heard of it, COVID-19, just as he helped us get this building when we had no money to our name, uh, or just as he helped us raise $100,000 for Kingdom Builders last year, just as he helped us merge our two churches together, and just as he gave us this new building, we know that he will come through again, but he wants you to be a part of it. I believe he wants every person in our church to be a part of it. So here's my ask for you. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit. Ask him, what would you have me do? Not what I think makes sense, but, but hey, what would you have me do? I want you to hear from the Holy Spirit, not from me. And some of us are gonna give tens of dollars, some will give hundreds, some will give thousands. There might be someone who gets $50,000 and says, hey, I wanna help this thing get, or just get moving. I have the resource, I'm gonna give it right now so this thing can get moving. But the point is, I believe when you add all these numbers up, it's gonna equal that $150,000. And actually, every single time we have a goal, it always goes over that, so maybe we'll raise more, who knows. And at the end of the year, we're gonna raise $275,000 for the whole kingdom builders. And just so you know, this is gonna be something we talk about for the next six to eight weeks, right? It's gonna be talked about every week during the tithe and offering time. And, and you might be tempted to get cynical and be like, all they're talking about is the building or the money. And, and I just want you to know, I, I, I just think if that's your heart, you're actually missing what God's doing. This is not about money. This is not about a building. It's not about getting more money for ourselves. This is about being in step with what God is doing, right? So I just wanna encourage your heart, protect your heart as we raise this money. It's all about, again, the 61,000 people who don't have a church and building a hub to send missionaries out to the ends of the world, okay? So the call is to take the land together, right? Let's take it together. Israel failed to take the land the first time because they failed to believe God. None of them got to enter the promised land. So the first generation of Israelites, none of them got to enter the, or got to enter the promised land besides Caleb and Joshua. So Caleb and Joshua were two of the 12 scouts who said, hey, we can do it. That's why I named my son Caleb. We named our son Caleb because we wanted to be like that. And boy, is he like that. He's like, I'll get, I'll get whatever I want. I'll yell until they give it to me. 
He's one and a half, okay? So don't blame it on our parenting. It's just crazy, <laughs> right? So they, they believed God. They trusted him. So Caleb and Joshua were the only people who got to go into the promised land. It says this in, in verse 24 of Numbers 14. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land into which he went and his descendants shall possess it, right? Let's have a different spirit, Right, a spirit like Caleb, who, who does not get, get taunted or backed down from giants. Instead, a spirit that says, I believe that God can do the, or the impossible. And if you wanna answer this call, we have an action set for you today. Uh, the engagement card here, you can, can mark if you wanna pray for Kingdom Builders. I encourage everyone to do that. I think we should all pray, right? Uh, I encourage you to do everything on here, but pray. Give generously to Kingdom Builders. I encourage you to do a weekly or monthly gift, a little bit can add up over the course of a year. Me and Emily do a, a twice a month gift and we give a big gift at the end of the year and now this year we have to do it at the beginning of the year too, praise God. Anyway, so, um, and then also we wanna see what you're committing to the project. And this is confidential, right? We're not gonna tell people, but it's so we can get an idea of what we can expect so we can commission our contractors. So for you, maybe you're like, hey, I know I can come up with this amount of money by April. Okay, you just know that's coming, tax returns coming, all that. And you just say, hey, I know by April I can give this much. Go ahead and put that on there and then drop it in the offering buckets. They're sitting in the back of the room. The ushers are guarding them, so it's confidential, all of that. But drop it in there and then we'll just have an idea of what we can do and get started on. Okay, so no pressure at all. There's no pressure. I don't want you to ever give because you feel pressured by me, right? I don't want your heart to be in that place. Instead, I want you to listen to Jesus. And I just know that Jesus is the kingdom builder and he will take care of it. So just encourage you to ask him what he would have you do. So uh, let's show this slide quick. So if you do wanna give today, and again, I encourage you to give as soon as you're able, it's simple. All you gotta do is designate to kingdom builders and we'll know that's going towards the building project, okay? So uh, you can give online or in person. So, all right. So that's all I got about that. That was a lot. Thank you, Lord. You helped me get through it. Anyways, so worship team can come up now. I'm so excited about what God's gonna do through this. So the Lord never fails to amaze me in the area of generosity. So something I say all the time here at Scent is you can't outgive God. I preached it, I've lived it. I've seriously have never outgiven God. I never have. And as most of you know, we became an autonomous church back in October, okay, back in October of 2023. And we installed Tom Basith, Sam Colin, and John Griffin as our first board of elders. And, and something I, I really talked to them about, because I had trained them for 10 months leading up to this, and something I talked about almost every time we met in those 10 months was, hey, if you're gonna be on this board, you have to lead the way in generosity. Okay, so for Miracle Offering in November is really their, their first chance to, as a board member to say, hey, hey, we're gonna lead the way, we're gonna stretch. And all of them stretched in big ways. I know it was uncomfortable for all three of them, also for me and Emily, we all stretched. And I'm not kidding, I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. I promise you, I don't lie to you from the pulpit or ever, but I'm not making this up. Every single one of us got that money back by an unexpected bonus check from the places we work, which I work here, so praise God for that. But, but uh, I get it every year at the end of the year anyways. But uh, so we all got it back, like within the week. It was like the exact number almost, each of us. So, so whatever we gave, God just gave back to us. And I don't think that means he's gonna do it every single time, but I think he was trying to encourage our, our board as we're young in this, we're just getting started to say, hey, you can always trust me. You can always stretch, right? I'm gonna take care of you. And I just wanna encourage your heart that if you step out, if you stretch, if you do something you've never done before, I just believe that God will prove himself to you. And again, there's no pressure on you. There's no pressure, but just listen to him and see what he does. 
as you consider becoming a kingdom builder who prays, gives, and goes, you can trust the Lord to take care of you just as he took care of our board at the end of 2023. He is the kingdom builder. We are simply partners with him. We are not the kingdom builders. We partner with the kingdom builder. Okay, so when we pray for people, he's the one who has to act. He does the work. And when we give, he's the one who provides. He might even surprise you and give it all back to you. And when we go and share, he's the one who changes hearts. There's no pressure. We just get to joyfully participate in what God is doing. Let's go ahead and stand all across this room. Jesus is calling us to be a kingdom building church. Kingdom building church. The kingdom of darkness has too much land and we have to tear it down. We're gonna tear down the devil's strongholds. We're gonna tear down his occupation of these places. And we need to build the kingdom of God in its place. Our calling is to take God's land back, to boldly take hold of everything he has for us. And as we do, we will see him do the impossible in our midst. Let's go ahead and pray this morning. I wanna give you two ways to respond. Uh, the first way is this. If you're here and it could be praying, giving, going, whatever, and you're just saying, hey, I wanna be a kingdom builder in 2024. I wanna be a kingdom builder. Can you raise your hand right now just as an offering of faith to the Lord saying, I wanna be a kingdom builder. There's hands going up all across the room. I'm just gonna pray for us that the Holy Spirit would empower us for this. Spirit of God, we come to you right now and we pray that you would see our cry, see our desire to be kingdom builders here at Sent Church. Help us to partner with you, Holy Spirit, in prayer, giving, and going. Help us to be a church that, that just uses what we have to see the kingdom built all around the world. Help us to never be okay with people going to hell, to, uh, to never be okay with the enemy occupying land, but to, to vigorously take God's land back. We thank you for that, Lord, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, so the other way to respond is simply just to turn in your engagement card. So you can do that this week or next week if you wanna take the week to, to pray about it. So I encourage you to do that. At this time, we're gonna have the worship team lead us out in a song and the altars are open. Prayer team's available up here if you need prayer. Let's go ahead and just wait on the Lord here and worship him one more time.